you will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B O D I dot com. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. This is so strange, but so exciting. Um, This is one of the few instances where Abby and I are sitting in a room together and recording. And it's so strange because we, if you guys can visualize two people sitting next to each other, avoiding eye contact at all costs, because (laughs) we're so not used to this, but we're going to give it a go. Um, What better way to start than let's talk about Vanderpump. Okay. So we didn't get to dive into this last week. We had a little bit of a break last week. Um, so let's start talking about um, the whole Sheena Katie thing. So some of this, it was a to be continued. So we'll talk a little bit about last week's episode. I'm just, I'm very biased towards team Katie, but I do agree with Katie saying like, I don't care what I said in Vegas for Sheena. Like it wasn't, that didn't mean it gave Sheena the green light to try to orchestrate this hookup between Schwartz and Raquel. I also think it's really weird how quick Raquel's like, no, I do have a crush on him. I like him. Do you want to make out? I'm like, oh no, this, that Raquel told, told Sheena, she has a crush, but either way, Sheena's in the wrong. Yeah. I just think, and listen, like Sheena was a bridesmaid in the wedding. I know like there's no, you know, attraction there, <laughs> attraction there for Katie necessarily, but her number one thing was not to have anyone in the friend group. And it just feels, even if that opinion would change over time, at this point in the show, it's what, like six, seven months since the separation. It just feels a little soon while they're still navigating these grounds of being so amicable. So I don't I don't know what Sheena's doing. I actually saw someone say maybe she's trying to distract um, everyone from Brock's lack of child payments. Oh, good, good move, Sheena. Yeah. So hence why we're talking about her in this light and not the other way, but I, I don't get it. So I, I'm definitely team Katie here. We are team Katie, Abby and I, those of you, I think anyone who's not team Katie, I think you just don't like her. Yeah. You're, <laughs> you're still, and I get it. Like she wasn't a likable person on the show for several seasons. So, but no, I, it's hard not to be on her side for me, at least watching this. Absolutely. Um, what's your take about Raquel and James relationship? I feel like Raquel, listen, like she's allowed to feel how she feels. However, I do feel like she's meddling in James relationship by updating Allie about Lala and James hooking up. Like I, I don't understand why she's, I mean, I know why she's going out of way. She's trying to piss off James, but it just seems weird. I know. I think it's very obvious Raquel still has feelings for James and 
you know, he made a comment about how, you know, Sheena was quick to have Raquel on the podcast. I thought it was really funny that when James said he called Brock, Brock was like, well, come on the podcast and talk about it. Like James was just like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like not everything is meant to be for your podcast, but, um, you know, she made comments about how she felt like James, you know, was verbally abusive and was never there for her and never supported her. And I think she thought that she was going to come out on top on this relation on this breakup out of their ending their relationship and their engagement. And instead James is now quickly dating someone else. So she's the love of his life. And I think she's realizing just how hurtful that is. And so her, her goal ultimately, I think is to turn Allie against James, but it's not working. And I agree with Allie. She's like, how many conversations do I have to have with Raquel? Like I shouldn't have to be pulled aside every single time we're out to talk about something with James. No, not at all. And I kind of wish production would have showed the fight like they did later on show the fight, but I I wish they had done that. Um, Let's continue to talk about Raquel. Raquel tells Katie that she did ask Tom to make out, which I was honestly kind of shocked. So listen, like from a viewer standpoint, for me, I thought the Tom Raquel thing all started with the wedding in Mexico. We're quickly seeing that's not the case. And the way Raquel has been acting with last week's episode and this episode makes me feel like they've already made out. Um, so for her to tell Katie, I was actually kind of surprised, but also was like, how are you dumb? But surprised. I mean, she's a Bambi eyed bitch. I mean, she just, and that's a reference to what Lala called her several seasons ago for kind of being a bit of an idiot. She... I don't know if she's like, oh, I'm just going to be really upfront and honest with Katie because we seem to have a friendship and she's inviting me on this girl's trip. But like, I love how Ariana was like, didn't think you had it in you, girl. Like that. I don't know what her point was of that. I, I'd like to think it was her being honest, but I mean, it was extremely hurtful for Katie as like, she saw. And I think what made it even more upsetting for Katie and whether this is true or not, she said to Raquel, did you ever think of Tom like that until Sheena put it out there? And Raquel said no. So in Katie's mind, it's like, okay, Raquel didn't have these feelings. She didn't think anything of Tom. He wasn't on her radar. And then Sheena puts it out there. Raquel's looking for any type of like attention, a quick hookup that she can get to sort of go through this rebound, getting over James phase. And, you know, Schwartz is like, you know, he, he's a lovable guy. We've seen it for several seasons. And so I I see where like, for Katie, this just makes her see even more red for Sheena. I don't know. I feel like Raquel, I thought maybe she tried to lean into being the villain. She's a terrible villain, though. Oh, well, I think we're going to talk about this on Patreon. I think in her Watch What Happens oh. Live, she really leans in here with a villain. Um, last thing regarding Raquel and Tom of it all. I did think it was shitty for Sheena to tell Tom that Katie had been hooking up with other people. Um, and sharing those kind of intimate details. I, I just, I mean, listen, like, I know, I don't know what it's like to be in that situation where you're friends with two people and you're trying to get him to move on. But I just thought that was like bullshit on Sheena's part. 100%. I even like how she's Katie said to Tom, like, I'm not throwing it in your face for a reason. And she said, like, this is undoing all the work they've put into not making people pick sides. Um, you know, I didn't like when Sheena started crying and saying like, she doesn't want people to pick sides. Well, this is going to make me pick a side. I'm like, Sheena, Katie's already kicked you off her side. Like you're the only side you have right now is Schwartz. I thought it was extremely rude though, that she was like, she's sleeping with other people. Even Brock was like, 
babe or whatever he said. Like he was like very surprised by that. Yeah. And like, I think there's a way to be neutral. I mean, we're seeing it with Ariana. Um, you know, she's clearly friends with Katie, still friends with Sheena. So I think there's ways to be in the middle, which means just shut your mouth. Don't say anything. Um, another thing that I found entertaining. So Tom Sandoval, um, if you randomly are listening to this, I know someone, we know some guys who work in finance. If you need some support because homeboy needs help. I died at James analysis of the band and how he's paying for everyone here where he has this restaurant in debt. The man is horrible with money. I mean, we're going to see. I mean, we see it in like a the preview where basically Lisa's going to offer to help get Greg out um, of the whatever partnership. And I don't know if she and Ken are going to step in what the plan is there, but they are terrible with money. I think the thing is they never should have tried to do this on their own. I think they are great at creating the cocktails and creating a vibe of what they want, but they need someone who's been in the restaurant business to actually like execute and do all the stuff. Like the fact that like they're, he's spending all this money on his band. He shouldn't be doing that at the same time. Somebody who's in the restaurant business would have told him that, like, I don't know. I just, and then like the fact that they're still paying, like, what is it? 12, $25,000 a month, a month, which probably for LA for restaurant space is normal. I'm guessing it seems like a lot to me, but it's like, I don't know. He just is blowing through money. And the fact that when he said that his mom and stepdad put in $250,000 to this restaurant, and I'm sure it will end up being a successful investment. I just feel like, wow, that's, I wouldn't be worrying about my band if my mom and stepdad had given me a quarter of a million dollars. No, not at all. I mean, I just, I don't know. I was like flabbergasted by that detail. So fast forward, um, we get to the friends and family opening night at Schwartz and or Schwartz and Sandy's. Yeah, that's right. Schwartz and Sandy's. Um, we get to this interesting conversation between Katie and Tom, where Tom is trying to like lay out boundaries on Sheena. He's like confronting Katie about hurting Sheena's feelings. While in this conversation and Katie's getting emotional, Tom is like distracted and waving high at a guy and then gets mad at Katie for like yelling at him to be like, whoa, we're having a conversation. What are you doing? And then kicked her out. It was really odd to me because he was like, hey, can we go sit down somewhere and talk? And then he like, you can see him actively waving to this person multiple times. And I get like, it's his party. But it was his idea to pull her to the side. It wasn't like she forced him into having this conversation. And he opens it by saying, Sandoval has all of his family here. And you're kind of like my only family that's here. So one minute, she's his only family member there to support him. And the next, he's kicking her out. Like, I just think we're going to see that ultimately the two of them trying to remain friends is not going to work out and uh, is not going to be a healthy friendship for either one of them. No, absolutely. I I mean, let's guys, Vanderpump is back. Like I'm like fully engaged. I'm into the drama. Everything is kind of jiving well, making sense. And I couldn't be happier. And we will talk about that messy watch what happens live appearance on our Patreon, but let's move on over to Jersey. This episode kind of broke my heart. So we have the opening uh, keeping, I want to keep peace or make peace scene with (laughs) Teresa and her brother. I was laughing just at like, we were, Vanessa and I randomly, you guys, we rarely watch Housewives together. We always, our friendship, like 
this podcast and all that, it was really based on the fact that we would talk about stuff after we watched it, but we never watched it together. And we got to watch part of Jersey together yesterday. Uh, I was laughing at like Louie trying to help Teresa keep peace, like the notes he was writing and sliding across the table to her. But it really broke my heart when Teresa said she was so surprised that her brother said, I love you. And I just feel like for me growing up with, you know, two sisters, I don't know. Like I've been mad at my sisters and been very, very mad, but I've never not said, I love you. And I don't know. It just made me sad that like, wow, this is how bad their relationship is. Yeah. It's completely toxic. I mean, we, you guys know we are the number one, we're in the number one fan club for hating <laughs> dirty Louie, but I will say in that scene, I got to give him some credit and tell it be like, just call him, like, just call him up invite him to the party. And I think Louie's manipulative enough to know that, Hey, this is on camera. This is only going to make you look better. Um, which is true. I mean, let's be real. It is true. It shows that Teresa was trying, even though like the agony in her face of actually doing it, but it's just sad. Um, then we move over to this conversation, this this entertaining lunch between Jen Fessler and Rachel Fuda. Um, it begins with them ordering their food and Jen being quick to say, um, Rachel's like, would you want to like share the margarita pizza? And Jen being quick to be like, no, 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 no offense, but no. And somebody messaged us and I don't know if this is true, but they said that, um, as she said, as you know, a Jewish person, this is what we do. We, we want everyone eating food, but we don't share it. And that, I don't know, just like, the whole scene made me laugh. I don't know if that's something that is like common within the um, Jewish community, but it just really cracked me up when she was like, no, that, that doesn't interest me. Um, what an interesting way to kick off a lunch. But it, then we learn that Jen Aiden made comments about Rachel's nose and that continues into the housewarming party. But I mean, no one, I mean, no one has less room to talk about a bad nose job than Jennifer Aiden. Her nose is terrible. Like I would, if I had a pick, like gun to my head, I'm going to kill you unless you pick one of the noses. I would pick Rachel's over Jen's. Yeah, I just, it was like. I mean, neither one is great. It was so ballsy of her to even say that, like to just be so presumptuous. She's so Jen Aiden. And then later on being like, well, I have a horrible nose job and like basically being like, well, you do too. Yeah. Doubles down. Doubles down on it. I don't get it. Um, One thing we also learned in that scene between Jen and Rachel is that Rachel is good friends with Frank Catania's girlfriend. Which to me, in watching this, I'm like, why isn't Brittany a friend of, or at least filming with Frank? Maybe she will be later on. But I mean, Polly is filming with Dolores. Like, it just seems like it would be like a seamless thing. I wonder if it's because, you know, Dolores is a housewife. Frank is like the ex-husband of a housewife. So like, is the girlfriend of an ex-husband of a housewife worthy of putting on the show. I think it'd be interesting having her on. I wonder if she doesn't want to be on. Yeah, no, I was actually thinking that as we're talking out loud. I feel like maybe she's like, I I don't want anywhere near this crazy train. I will (laughs) gladly sit from afar, which I I could totally, totally She also doesn't have much to gain. Everyone loves Dolores. Everyone loves Frank. Everyone loves Dolores and Frank. You know, it could be something that maybe like she wouldn't be as well received. But anyway, I would I would love for her to come on because it'd be interesting to see that whole dynamic. Me too. So after we made peace and said we're going to go to this party, Joe then calls Melissa as she's getting glam done. 
and says, nope, not going, can't do it. It's not in my heart. I don't understand that. I I get like, maybe you're still upset with your sister, then send a text and say, Hey, I'm going to support this moment in your life. I'm excited that you've met someone that makes you happy. I'm excited that you're living in this beautiful home and I want to be there to support my nieces and you. However, I'm not in the space where I really want to talk to you about anything yet. That to me is like the more mature thing to do. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine even if it was like a good friend and I like, we weren't on the best of terms, but I was invited to their housewarming and I knew like other people that I cared for were going to be there and it was important to them. I don't know. I just, I think it's very immature not to go. And then when we see the conversation between Melissa and the girls, it is very, very, very obvious that they do not see each other ever at all. Like it is just, and it's, it's really heartbreaking. It's so sad. In that conversation, they said, I mean, the girls said they hadn't seen, I don't know if this was a conversation with Melissa or before just talking to Teresa about Joe not going, they hadn't seen him in six months. It's a really long time. That's a really long fucking time. I mean, I don't know how close they live to each other. I would imagine it's not that far, but six months. Wow. And then for Melissa, I mean, that conversation with Melissa, um, with Gia and not Adriana, um, Gabriella was so, so awkward. You could see Gia kind of rolling her eyes on the back of her head, but in her confessional, it one, it also breaks my heart. Two things kind of happen that Gia says when the, when Joey and Teresa aren't getting along, the cousins never see each other. So it kind of fractures that relationship. And then Melissa in her confessional says, um, you know, I know they, I know they have hate for us. I know they do about the girls, which I personally thought was really harsh. And I'll tell you guys why I, as someone who's a huge advocate of therapy and has done some, um, unpacking of childhood trauma for myself, I just think when it comes to adults, adults business, they're the adults, they're the parents, and they're the kids. And I think anytime an adult, and this is a fault of Teresa as well, this is no innocent, and this is a whole situation for me. Anytime they try that trickles down to the children, it's like, wait, the kids are the kids. <laughs> they're not responsible for this. So what saying watching Melissa say that for me was like, damn, Melissa, like these are still kids, right? Like they're not all, you know, in their 2021. 20, so it just seemed a little hurtful and that would suck to be Gia and Gabriella and to see that your aunt is saying that. I don't know. I, I thought it was a little harsh. I also feel like, like you said, they're kids. It'd be different to say, like, I know, I just think hate is such a strong word and they're going to see that. And like, I think they're going to really cling to that. I think Teresa's also going to get really upset about that. Um, because she's going to say like, you're, you're basically speaking for my daughter's feelings and you don't know, cause you don't talk to them. Um, yeah, it just, the whole thing was so heartbreaking. I think the other thing too, that was made me sad. It was so awkward. It could have been editing, but it seemed like Melissa had no idea what to even say to them to make small talk. And it's like, these are your nieces. You have watched them grow up, like talk to Gia. Like, so, you know, what's next for you? You're gonna be graduating college soon. What does that mean? Like, do you have an idea of what you want to go like do, or are you guys getting excited for the wedding? How's it been moving into the new house, having stepbrothers? Like there's so many things that she could have said and like just stood there in like awkward silence. And I think the girls almost enjoyed it. They were kind of like, yeah, we're going to make this extra awkward because you put no effort into the relationship. Uh, and then things get even more awkward because 
we then transitioned to Jennifer Aiden and um, Rachel having another conversation about their whole, the whole nose job thing. And then we've got Danielle and Jackie fighting. And then it goes back to Jennifer and Margaret. Like it was a, a lot of confrontation at this, what was supposed to be love bubble party. Yes. It was no love bubble. I will say Jennifer versus Margaret. I'm over it. And I say this as someone who loves Margaret. I'm just like, let the mouse go. Yeah. It's been done. Margaret. It's just like, you know, on one hand, Margaret, you're telling Jennifer, like, move on, like, let it go. Well, also just let it go. Yeah. She's calling your friends. I don't know. It just seems I'm just tired. I'm not interested. I'm bored. I'm bored with that drama. So Jersey continues to give us um, anxiety attacks and depression and all of the weirdness um, that comes through. So let's talk about some more heartbreaking things. Um, Summer House. Well, okay. So before we get in the heartbreaking part, um, I really thought it was very refreshing to see women um, bond over an asshole ex versus fighting over it. So Gabby and Danielle sit down and Danielle's like, I've wanted to meet you because actually we share someone in common. I dated your ex-boyfriend and Gabby's like, we didn't just, you didn't just date my ex-boyfriend. You were like the other woman. And like, you know, Danielle shocked. And then Danielle's like, can I give you a hug? I know. I just like that. They like bonded over the fact that that guy really sucked. And they were laughing about like, he just left me in the middle of Coachella. She's like, I didn't know where he was when he was at Coachella. I don't know. It just made me laugh because I think in other situations, we've seen it on Vanderpump. We've seen it on Housewives where it's like the women go against each other over like that common guy. And and I just like seeing them that they were together. I thought it was such a funny reveal. I wish production didn't already tease that up a little bit yeah. in the trailer because it would have made it that much more shocking. But I, I loved that exchange. Gabby is probably my favorite new edition of Summer House. I think she's so like funny. She seems to be very authentic to who she is. That message that she blasted over social media. When she said she put it on her LinkedIn, <laughs> that is amazing. I like, can, I mean, I would never, but great job, Gabby. It cracked my shit up. I just thought that was so funny. Then we learn a little bit more about Gabby and her relationship. Um, I immediately thought of Abby, your boys, Warren and Hewitt. She said her and her sister are 21 months apart and how they're super close. So I hope Warren and Hewitt share a similar <laughs> relationship where she's like, I literally didn't know what to do without her. That was really sweet. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed the tea party. So we're getting like a housewife level activity with the summer house girls minus the, um, they had to clean up and and make the food, but I, I was still here for it. I thought the games they played were like really fun. Um, I enjoyed the back door, Betty gay. I don't know. I just thought it was funny. Um, Amanda did reveal in this conversation about pregnancy and like her fears that it's not going to just happen super easily that she'd been off birth control, but had not gotten her period. And she's fearful of having a doctor. Um, I think we try to be sensitive about commenting on someone's appearance because you don't know what's going on. But I think a lot of you, us included, have been wondering what's been going on with Amanda since she has does seem so thin. Um, it seems like her birth control to me and I'm no doctor, but it seems like her hormones are very out of whack. And that actually happened to a good friend of mine. Um, she went off the pill shortly after she got married. And I mean, within probably like six weeks lost like 15 pounds. And I mean, I knew she wasn't lying. She was like, I truly just went off the pill. So it can happen. I know that there might be some people being like, 
oh, she's saying that, but really there's more going on. Um, it, it is possible for that to be it. And I, that would explain how it happened kind of like so quickly. Um, I did, you know, it's funny, I was watching it and I thought, wow, Paige, like that's coming in with a really kind of rough question. But I have to remind myself that these are New Yorkers and this is just how they talk. But when she said like, what will you do if they say like, you basically can't have kids? I was like, wow, this is becoming a very deep tea party. But I'm liking this kind of like, balance of summer house where like they are getting older. Some of them are, you know, engaged in serious relationships, married and thinking about starting families. And it doesn't happen easy for everyone. And so these are like important questions to be having. And then, uh, you know, we can also talk about butt plugs and we can go then like get drunk. And, um, you know, there is still that hints of the old summer house, but this is just showing kind of the, the progression of their lives. Yeah. And I think Paige's question is a classic, someone who doesn't have kids or been yeah. in that position. Like I guarantee once when Paige, if she decides to have kids, which I would imagine she will, um, she's going to be mortified that she said that because you don't know until you're in that position, but I'm enjoying that too. Um, then the ladies get drunk. They end up showing up. Um, showing up and meeting up with the guys at some sort of, I don't know if it was a brewery, but some outdoor bar. Yeah. I, they were super sloppy. We could hear them slurring. I mean, Paige is like caressing Oliver's chest. And that was like, yeah. make, that was like making me laugh. I, I really enjoyed Paige in this episode. Um, we get Sam and her, the awkward date um, that she had with that her boxer. Very weird. Like I couldn't tell if she was trying to have game or not. And she was saying like, I'm interested in you. And he's like, well, I'm interested as well. And she's like, I can tell. And then she continued with her conversation. I'm like, wait, are you flirting or what are you? Yeah. It was weird. And I, I thought, I mean, he's a very attractive man, but it seems like they should have grabbed coffee. Um, yeah. We missed a step. We missed a step. And I thought it was weird that he stayed the night still. I think he thought he was going to get a little bit more than just, you could yeah. sit in his bed. So, so weird the next morning. They're like, I hope you get back to New York safely. And he's just sitting there on his phone. I'm like, is dude trying to find a ride? Like, is she not going to help him get back to I, the city? I was thinking that too. But then we get to the crux of this episode, um, which again, it comes down to Kyle and Danielle and the comments that he made about Carl. And Kyle is like, does not want to talk to Danielle. He says some really harsh things. He's like really pissed off at her. He's also just like over talking about it. Danielle is kind of getting emotional about it. And then Paige drops some truth bombs. Okay. So Paige says to Danielle, I think it's really admirable the way you are ride or die for Lindsay and Carl. But she said, I know that if we were out to dinner, you weren't there and somebody was talking about you, they wouldn't speak up for you. Now, I don't know if I entirely agree with that, but I will say Danielle is so loyal and so good at defending her friends. I mean, you think about her fight with Sierra last season where she literally took a wine glass to the face. That all stemmed from her, from Danielle defending Lindsay against Sierra over the whole Austin thing. So I do think there's some truth to the fact that like, I do think Danielle has like this, like just ride or die extreme loyalty to her friends. I think it is a very admirable trait. Um, we've never seen someone really be like that mad at Danielle. However, after that, like glass was thrown and the fight happened with Sierra and Danielle, I didn't see Lindsay step in to try to like start talking to Sierra and being like, Hey, look, I'm, I see you're mad at me. 
you cannot treat my friend like that. You cannot go after somebody who's supporting me in a fight the way you did. So I do think there's some truth to it. However, I think Paige 100% was like, I'm going to feel a fire. I see an opportunity here. I am going to somehow try to break this friendship. And she did successfully, I guess, do it in the end. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I was, I was, it was a good episode. I mean, I I mean, at the expense of some emotions there, but it was a good episode. Um, I mean, I think we're kind of getting into our groove a little bit. I I still hate that there's a ton of girls and like two dudes, like that feels awkward. But um, next week, I feel like I'm going to be like scratching my eyeballs because of the tension between Carl and Kyle and then Kyle lashing out about Lindsay um, while they all just sit there awkwardly. So yeah, and then Amanda ends up crying over not being over being the person that Danielle trusts the least. I'm very curious to see how that all unfolds. Yeah, no, same. Um, let's move on over, man, guys, we're cranking through all these shows. Let's, let's end our episode with Potomac. So we are in part two of the reunion. I want to give my nod. You guys know, we love the producers of Potomac, but they did a brilliant job of one. I would imagine that it quickly re-edit the reunion to include the snippets from the watch what happens live. But I just, I was here for it. Uh, I just love their shade towards Robin. Um, even though I I do love Robin, I think in this moment she deserves all the shade. Uh, this particular part two, I think, was much stronger than part one. I thought part one was very much a dud, and then we're getting a ninety-minute part three that's going to include unaired footage of Andy's interview with Robin. I don't think it's going to be anything groundbreaking where she's going to be like, "I regret marrying him again" or anything. But I think it's just going to give us more glimpse into the fact that like. Robin is trying to control this story a little, a little too hard. Andy also, I mean, the Green Eye Bandits had it rough. Andy was not letting Giselle off easy. She said, we'll talk about it later. He said, no, we're going to talk about it now. He was kind of grilling her with a lot of questions. He did not hold back on questions with Jason. To her credit, she answered all of them. No, I mean, he, I mean, I feel like Giselle does not like to get emotional on camera. She tried so hard. She's getting choked up about her, um, the fibroids that she had, had getting basically her uterus. Um, yeah. Or, had a, a full-blown hysterectomy. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. That's why I was like looking for the word. Um, and, you know, how scary that was for her and her kids. And I like, I'm like, Giselle, like, we need to see you be vulnerable. Like, you can't always be cracking jokes. And like, I think Candace is so right that she has no problem going in on other people's lives and attacking their lives, but does not share anything of her own. And I appreciated Andy kind of going in really, really hard um, on that. So, and then we find out she has a sister. Like, Giselle has been on for how many seasons? And I had no idea she had a sister. I feel like. She might have mentioned her before because I thought I heard something about an aunt one time to the girls. But yeah, I mean, we this was like the first time she really talked about her family. Um, other than I think that one time, didn't her dad, they got dinner? Yeah. Yeah. But that's about it. Um, okay. I also want to give a nod to Wendy. I think she is giving us an amazing housewife moment. I get she was very upset with just the whole like a drink was thrown at her and nobody really seems to think it's a big deal. Um, but, and I think she's was acting a little bit, but what a performance where she was like holding back tears saying that bothered her, that the only reason why she didn't beat Mia up was because of like the woman who, that she tries to be and how hard that was for her. I don't know. I just thought it was like, wow, like Wendy, this was like 
such a dramatic like reunion performance. And I, I, I loved it. For I, my heart kind of broke for her because she's right. She's a hundred percent right. And how that went down. And I also like that Andy kind of called Ashley out and saying, okay, like you, you switched your stance on violence. Like it was like yeah. kind of funny that he was being very shady in the way he approached it, but my heart went out to Wendy. Um, and then the women, you know, Andy takes a moment and I, I thought they did this well, obviously I'm sure a moderator would have been preferred, but regardless, I appreciated the thought and sensitivity and going around the discussion regarding colorism. Um, and Candace like opening up and sharing her feelings regarding that. Um, and then, Karen kind of helping her along the way and allowing women to be receptive to it. Um, colorism is something that I, I have had my own like kind of internal thoughts and discussions regarding the Latinx um, being Afro-Latina within our, my own community. It's something that is very prevalent and pretty, pretty problematic. Um, so I thought it was, a I thought it was, beautiful to see the women have a discussion. I just hope that they heard Candace along the way. I thought, so being, um, not a member of the black community, I am white. Um, it was deep and very educational because I think it's something. So even Candace started off by saying like, let's agree on the definition. So it's colorism by definition is really like treating people differently within that own community. So you're part of the black community, but you treat the light skinned black members of the community differently than you treat mm-hmm. the dark skinned members. What I thought was interesting, and I only noticed this in a tweet. So I think this just like for those of us not part of this community watching it, like it just, it opened my eyes even more after the fact. Somebody tweeted that it was interesting that they are having a conversation about colorism, yet the other women didn't really accept or listen to Candace until another light-skinned woman Mm -hmm. spoke up for her to get them to listen to her. So I think it just goes to show that, um, that in that area, there's just probably a lot of room for improvement and and work to be done. It just was like, oh, I didn't even notice that piece of it. I think, yeah. And I think too, it's like an unconscious bias thing. Like I think everyone in that cast, obviously, supports black women. I mean, I think we can all agree on that. I think everything Candace was saying is just like, listen, like I've, I feel that I'm being treated differently from you all and here are the reasons why. So I applaud her and I really hope the cast, um, the other members, um, kind of listen to her in that a little bit. So I applaud Karen kind of stepping in on, on that. So next week wraps up part three, we're getting 90 minutes which um, to, to be determined if we need it, but yeah. Potomac usually delivers in that sense. So that is that. But this brings us to the end of our show. All right. So the shout out this week, we are giving it to, uh, I want to protect some privacy. So I'm going to give it to Anna who left us a wonderful review. Um, and in your review, you were saying, um, you said that you love listening to us and we're relatable. It was just a really, really sweet um, review of our podcast, but I like that you said they give shout outs at the end of their podcast. So here's hoping that I can get one from these fabulous Midwest moms. Um, Anna, thank you so much. You are, you've been so supportive of us. We DM with you all the time, but thank you so much for your review. So I wanted to give you our shout out. Um, I'm going to give my shout out to Dave Grohl. Um, he recently has smoked ribs and brisket for 450 of LA's homeless. I know there's been a lot of storms happening in the LA area right now. I think anytime we see a celebrity use their um, 
user status for good, I always applaud. So I just thought it was really cool that he smoked some brisket and ribs and being from Kansas city, that's like part of my love language. So I, I loved it. So guys, thank you as always for your support. Um, don't forget to leave us a five-star rating or a written review like Miss Anna did. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. And if you want to support us monetarily, check out our Patreon where we're going to be diving in on a lot of um, a lot of things in there. So please check that out. And with that, we will catch you next week. You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are Body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com.